we're, we're wrapping up a conversation about finding your path, and that has to do with uh, reaching for what God, um, what God has in mind for you. So we all have something in mind for ourselves, and our parents and our friends all have something in mind for us, but God has something in mind for you, and one of the, the joys of life uh, and one of the purposes of life is to figure out what God has in mind for you and to walk that path, right? So tonight's message, uh, to wrap up this conversation, and by the way, I am quite keen to go into a series titled The Good Book on the Bible, and whether it is, uh, it is literal, uh, whether it is relevant, how to read it, and where to find its power sources. And I really want to encourage you to come to be part of that conversation. I think it's going to be awesome. And if you've got some skeptic friends, uh, bring them along. That's the kind of conversation uh, you'd like them to be part of. So the title of tonight's message, um, the words are, it's just two words, but it's how you say it. Do you know um, how grateful I am for emojis? Because emojis uh, can save a text. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like, you could say, where are you? And by itself, that could sound controlling, that could sound irritated, that could sound optimistic, but if you put an emoji at the end, smiley face, oh, that just turns it down. If you say, where are you, exclamation, 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 then we know that there's going to be a follow-up conversation uh, later when you guys meet up. Um, emojis, uh, because they help you uh, not on the words, but how you say the words. So my message title tonight is hold on. And it's one of those phrases, depends how you say it. Like if somebody says something you don't agree with, you go, hold on. If somebody's disrupting you while you're talking, you say just hold on. But hold on could also be um, you're in an adventure, a journey, you're taking... Um, you're taking a boat ride or a parachute jump and the final instruction is, hold on. It could also be um, the beginning of an adventure through life. You're getting married and you're excited about the future and you say to your, 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 your friend, your partner, the person who will journey with you, you know, hold on, this is going to be something. Well, depends how I say it. Now, there are a couple of scriptures in the Bible that reference this term, hold on. And what I would like to discuss with you tonight is to accumulate um, spiritual uh, value in your life so that the things you've accumulated and held on in life aren't only material. I don't know how, let me explain it this way. I don't know how you do, I mean, how many of you are maybe hoarders? Okay, you don't have to put your hand up for that. That's very embarrassing. But how many of you like keep keepsakes? Like if somebody gave you a Valentine's card in 2008, you've got it. How many of you got those? Okay. Maybe it was the only one you got or maybe, uh, no, Jake, 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 maybe... Uh, maybe you've got it with you, which would be very awkward. Uh, if you, there's no reason to show it around. Now maybe you you keep keepsakes, like you're a keeper of things. But maybe um, you, uh, so you hold on to them. And some people hold on to things physically, and some people hold on to things emotionally. So they just don't let it go. Just let it go already. You know, there's that kind of holding on. And then there's the kind of holding on, which means which is it's tough, but I'm holding on. 
there's that kind of hold on also. So I thought, let, let's go through Scripture and identify three things the Bible says that come the end of your life or at different stages of your journey, you must be able to say, that thing I held on to. And you, you know, one of the important um, values in life is to know, spiritually speaking, what do I keep and, and hold on to and what do I, I um, discard? And to be honest, sometimes people give things away that are worth more than they realize. And then later, there's a guy in the Bible's example of this. It's a very strange story, two brothers. The Bible gets into quite a lot of detail. You should, you should read the good book because the one brother was hairy. That's literally in the Bible. Somebody said amen to that, and I don't really know what that means, if I'm honest. And the other brother was not hairy. So they had like a thing. The one was a hunter, and the other one was an interior designer. And hang on. There's a lot of emotion coming through here. Anyway, the, the hunter was out there conquering and getting food, and the interior designer was feeling a bit hungry in that story. And they, the one deceived the other by saying, listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm so hungry, the older brother, the firstborn, I'm so hungry. I will give you all the rights to my birth as the oldest if you'll just give me one meal. And then in Hebrews, the Bible says he ate and he was full. And then that feeling of hunger went away. And then he entered into regret. Why did I sell my future for a meal? And you know, before you judge him, think about how easy it is to sell your future for a desire. Think about how easy that is. And then later you regret it. And the Bible literally says, although he had many tears, he was unable to get it back. And you should know that when your brother's name is Jacob, and Jacob means deceiver. Like, you, don't play with deceiver. Deceiver is, is going to rob you. 1 Timothy 1, verse 19, um, it says this, Hold on to faith, hold on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, one or the other, and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. Now, isn't it an interesting thing that the Bible tells us you can't lose your faith, you don't lose it, but you can get shipwrecked. And that just literally means to feel like you're drowning or lost at sea. You're alive, but lost at sea. And there are a lot of Christians who are saved, but within their salvation just feel lost at sea. I'm just like, can't find firm ground and I can't find the shoreline. And I think it's very powerful um, for all of us to know uh, what to hold on to and how to have a hold on attitude. John chapter 14, um, uh, Jesus is talking uh, um, uh, uh, about the same principle. And this is a powerful statement. It says, for the prince of this world, that's the devil, is coming, but he has no hold on me. Now that's powerful. In fact, there's a place in the scripture that says, uh, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil a foothold. Foothold. It's another hold, right? Um, a foothold, it's a leverage, a place that the devil can find a leverage for his foot to climb into your life. That's what it is. Um, so, funny story. Funny, not funny. A couple of days ago, um, I'm in my home. The alarm goes off suggesting that there might be a thief. But it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. I think, no way, probably just a hardy door 
walked across the sensor, you know, because those birds are big, eh? And, and quite unnecessary, I feel, but, but very big. And so I open my gate, my house, I'm inside already, it's dark. I go outside thinking, well, I'm just going to go check before I turn it off and act like there's two guys with a crowbar trying to get into my funny, not funny. So like some various words came out of me. No, no, they, they were born again words, but they were in, no, they were in, well, they were in other tongues, other tongues, okay? But clearly the other tongues, I went, hey, in Jesus' name, my dogs, which are pit bulls that I've mentioned before, triggered by my speaking in foreign languages and, and went for supper. And then, then those guys were standing there looking at me. They were quite startled, like, but the alarm, you're not hearing the alarm here. Or you're not part of this experience. They're just standing there with two crowbars, not a mask or a key in the world. And they're like, I said, guys, move on. Just like that, eh? like I'm having a conversation. And the dogs were like, we're not having any of this. <laughs> they came for them, dropped their gloves and their crowbars. So I scored two, 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 two gloves and a crowbar and they're over the fence. And they over the fence like very brave. But my neighbor across the road has like HD cameras. So I've got their faces full on. I'm just contemplating whether I should just post it onto all my socials and just say, hey guys, looking for these two guys, they left a crowbar at my house and I don't want to be accused of being a thief if the boys would like to come round, my dogs will have happily hand over. Uh, you know, the, the idea of, so I, I looked on the camera and I realised I realized what my problem was. I realised what my problem was. I've got a gate that's got like a fancy pattern on it. But the pattern's so fancy it looks like a ladder. So they can put their foot in one hole on the gate and their hand in another and just like a lizard climb right over my gate. Like that's not going to continue. There will now be either poison or electricity on that gate. And my point is sometimes, you know, people's, the gate to their soul is fancy. It's got holes in it and then the devil can get a foot in this one and an arm in that one and you've got a fancy gate, but he's come. The devil has no foothold in on me. It's a powerful uh, thing to have. So, so in other words, you've got to get a grip on some things and then you've got to make sure the devil can't get a grip on you. That's life's challenge. Life's challenge is get a grip. So. That's a very uh, aggro way of saying, hold on. And then the alternative is, the opposite is, if the devil tried, he wouldn't have enough grip on you. And that's the journey that I think is so incredibly important for us to navigate. Philippians chapter 3 um, describes it a little further. And then I'm going to give you three things to hold on to wisely. Philippians 3 says this, not that I've already attained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it. I haven't arrived there. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, 
I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of hold-ons in there, right? That verse tells me that first of all, God got a hold of me. That's powerful. And then when God got a hold of me, he wanted me to get a hold of something. And then he writes and says, God's got a hold of me. I'm getting a hold of God's stuff. I haven't done it fully yet, but in order to do what's next, I've got to let go of the past, press towards the future so I can keep getting a hold of it. So you need to settle a few things. The devil mustn't have a hold on you, but God must have a hold of you. That's really important. I've used this example before, but it was so long ago that none of you were born. And I do, I do want, to, I want to repeat it, and I'm going to need a volunteer. And that's always very stressful uh, for the front row. It's always so very stressful. And I was actually looking for somebody shorter than me, but this isn't kids' church. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> nice. Thanks. Taking some of you off my prayer list. Uh, a bit, a bit, a bit later. Um, um, These guys just sinking deeper and deeper into their seats now. As I, but you know, it's got to be the front row. It's, it's got to. I, I, oh, Vian, you're volunteering. Will you come up onto the stage? Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, you know what? Actually, Vian, you know what? That works better for my example. That's very good. Lovely, lovely hairstyle you've got going there. Uh, do you know there's this verse in the Bible? Look interested, if you want, look interested. You know there's, you know there's, <laughs> you know there's this verse in the Bible that says the hand of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me and appointed me. That terminology is interesting, but you know what it would be in Bible times, Old Testament times or Bible times, it would be um, an active thing. So. If Vian were to proceed, perhaps, and I'll tell you when to go, because you mustn't go fast now, because now I can't keep up. Uh, but if he was to proceed in a direction around the stage, uh, and the hand of the Lord is upon you, it would be something like this. Make your own decisions, make your own decisions, and as the hand of the Lord, he'll hold him back. He'll turn him a little and go, go a little that way. It's not, I need to hear in advance. In the walking, there is the guiding. You've got to be moving, though. Like You've got to be moving. If he just stands and you don't move in your life, well, it feels like, you know, it feels cool. I've got somebody, the Lord is touching my life. Every Sunday I come for a touch. But you're not going anywhere. But you're feeling good. And a lot of Christianity is like, I come every Sunday, I get a touch from the Lord. But I'm not going anywhere. You've got to take steps. While you take steps, the hand of the Lord guides. The hand of the Lord steers. The hand of the Lord slows. The hand of the Lord pushes forward. And you can say, oh, the hand of the Lord is upon me. Thanks, Fionn. And <clears throat> that's what I mean by God must have a hold of you. And then, and then you must have a hold of him or his things. And you must never let the devil have a hold. So that's the equation. So there are three things. I've made a commitment to, to, to try and finish um, by seven so uh, you guys, can, we, we can pray for one another and we can also hang out. Like, I'd like to get to know you. Um, so I've got three things the Bible tells us to hold on to. First of all, uh, to hold steady. To hold steady. Uh, you know, the Bible reiterates the incredible importance of consistency in perseverance. 
Just hold steady. Hold steady. Um, sometimes that's easy. It's a, it's a beautiful day, so your walk is easy. But some days uh, it's a storm. And holding your course and holding steady isn't easy. And I want to encourage you, get to your, your destination in life by being able to say, I did it slow but steady. Not in high highs and deep lows and stops and starts and dropping out and starting again. You know, um, I, I joked, I joked, um, I joked with this guy who, um, I've got this great guy who helps me in my garden. I'm a bit of a garden nerd. Got this really great guy. He's Rastafarian, and so every now and then, um, like weed grows in my <laughs> garden. It really does, and it's not deliberate. He like throws a bit down, and then three weeks later, I'm like, "Hey, what's that plant?" So anyway, I've got some available at the coffee shop. <laughs> joking, 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 joking. A little bit of CBD oil in that coffee, um, but uh, excellent. But he's just so bad at looking after a cell phone. I said to him the other day, so his name is Norman, and I said, Norman, uh, uh, awesome guy, but Norman, saved under my phone is Norman 2019. <laughs> Norman knew. Norman knew, knew. Norman knew 22. Now I've got to put Norman 23, like... Can you stick to it? Like some of you, you, you know what I mean. You're like unfollowing and then deleting the page and then you've got like the real at George and then the, because like you don't want to have anything to do with that relationship you broke up with and all those friends. So you blocking and deleting is too long so better to just start a new page. Like you need to set sail and put your, your, Banner up for Jesus, and then just keep going. Can you say amen to that? Just slow and steady, slow and steady. Sometimes people, you know, when they're over-enthusiastic, I get a bit worried. Because I think, watch out, you don't burn out. It must be like this year in and year out. Hold steady. And you know, when, when people tell you Christianity is getting old-fashioned, hold steady. And when people tell you, do you still believe that stuff? Hold steady. And when people tell you, seriously, are there still virgins out there? Hold steady. And when people tell you the Bible, didn't they disprove that? Hold steady. And when people tell you, hey, the Americans say there are aliens, I mean, they should just look around. And when people say, that was just a joke, it's a very cheap shot. Sorry, a little bit of frustration in me. And they say, what does that mean for the Bible? Just hold steady. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing new under the sun. Truth will remain truth. The sun will rise and the sun will set and God will still rule and men will make their plans. And the Bible in the Psalms actually says, God smiles or laughs a bit at our plans. Just hold steady. Hold steady. And when they tell you church, oh, it still does church. What a waste of time. You just, do the, you just hold steady. Don't regret giving away your consistency. Don't regret it. And giving it to somebody else. 1 Thessalonians 5. Hey, I've got four minutes. I must move it. 1 Thessalonians 5. Do not treat prophecy with contempt. Test all, them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject what is evil, of, uh, kinds of evil. It's important that we know to test things and see is it good or bad. And if it's good, hold on to it. 
hold steady. Secondly, the Bible tells us we hold the keys to the kingdom. Oh gosh, that's a whole nother topic. We could probably do a whole message on the keys. So Jesus goes through this whole example that when he dies, it goes to, to the depths like hell and he picks up the keys. I don't know if we, we should do a talk about that sometime. Like Jesus during those three days between death and resurrection, he was not like at a holiday resort. He was working. He went down to hell and he took the keys. If you're wondering which keys, the keys that were intended for your prison when you died, he took away so your enemy couldn't lock you up even if he tried. Went and he took the keys. That's capable. And then he said, here, here the, I've got the keys to your judgment, but you hold the keys to my kingdom. Matthew 16 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. I'll take care of your eternity. You take care of my business on earth. And let's swap keys. Hold on to the keys of the kingdom. What is that? The keys of the kingdom are... Um, are your ability to unlock a connection between heaven and earth. That's what that is. It's the Wi-Fi code, but for heaven. Hey, that made a connection, like, because many of you are very grumpy until you get the Wi-Fi code. Like, it's very grumpy. And I think there is actually a, f a free Wi-Fi in the coffee shop, is there? But I don't know what the code is. I would have to, it's, this is yours. I'm joking, I, I don't know. My devices automatically connect because I'm, I'm the ancient of days. I've been here since before there was Wi-Fi. But it's, the, the code is, this is yours all in lowercase. This is yours. Um, hashtag giving, hashtag generosity. No, this is yours. Uh, but so the keys of the kingdom, so what are they? Well, what is the Wi-Fi code? It's in the name of Jesus. When you ask anything in my name, it shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. You need to start doing things in the name of Jesus. I, I need to do the last point, but I'm going to go back to the name thing in a moment. The last point is you've got to hold on to the door. And here's what I mean by that. <clears throat> one of the most valuable things, and, and, one, and when it's done wrong, it's very irritating. One of the most valuable things is realizing that you and I are believers because somebody opened the door for us. They invited us to a church service. They sang a song. They stood in the parking lot and waved a um, welcome to church thing. Um, they got up and preached the preach or they did something, but they held the door open. And you know the annoying part or the irritating part is when people get in and then they get very self-righteous and close the door in the face of anybody else who wants to come in. Like they're too tattooed or they're too confused or they're too much of a past or too much of a whatever. What we should do is we should never be the last home. We should always get in, but keep the foot opening the door for the next stranger who is in desperate need of a savior. And you and I should hold the door open. It's, it's good manners that we should hold the door open and be careful not to hold it closed. And I think there's a lot of attitude in Christianity. I get very uh, worried that sometimes in Christianity we get very self-important, like, our, you know, we're super holy and we're all cleaned up and clever, and then we look at others with contempt. But we should not. 
We should look at others with compassion and a desperate desire to see the same Christ who came into our hearts should be selflessly shared with others also. And the the new attitude in the world that if it's mine, I'm keeping it and it's going to be a secret and I'm not going to tell anyone else what my life hacks are should be destroyed. The real attitude should be Shout it from the rooftops. Jesus is Lord. Jesus heals. Jesus saves. Jesus changes lives. Like, keep the door open. Can you say amen? I think that's vitally important as an attitude. One more scripture, and then I can pray. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who... Hey, I mean, this next part feels a bit selfish. It sounds like I'm asking you to pray for me, but maybe you should. Uh, it says, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, who admonish or teach you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. You know what does Scripture encourage us to say? You know, people who do something for the Lord and want the good news to go to others, hold them in high regard. Pray for them. Protect them. Love them. Be one of them. Because if we don't do that, then we will, it won't be long and we will have lost um, good territory, good reputation in the world around us. I want to encourage you um, on this fundamental principle that God must have a hold of you. The devil mustn't be able to get a hold of you. And you must get a hold of the things that God has for you. Hold on. And when the devil comes towards you, say, hold on. And if you can learn those two distinctions, you're going to thrive. Can you say amen to that? Should we stand? Let's pray. So I just wanted to remind you um, that there are people in front to pray for you every Sunday. And if anything in the service or anything else going through your mind uh, feels like it needs a conversation and a prayer in person, you're welcome to come and ask somebody to pray uh, with you on anything. It doesn't have to be what we spoke about tonight. Secondly, there is communion on either side of the stage and it's freely available uh, every Sunday. So you could make your way to the stage, to the tables and partake in communion. If you know what that's about, now we do it three or four times a year together, but every week available, please feel free to share in the communion meal together. And there are cards there where you can write a private or confidential request for prayer or a request to see a pastor if you want. And we follow that up during the week. So make the most of your church life. I'd really like to encourage you to do that. And then the second thing I, I wanted to say is we, we, we took a decision as a as a pastoral team across all our churches, that when we get to the end of our services, we would like to give two or three minutes to a deliberate call to action. Like, we shouldn't just have a good chat about stuff and then nothing is asked of us to do. I think we should respond sometimes. So we're gonna, you're going to see more of that um, probably in the next little while. And so tonight, uh, two things I want to pray about. Um, I want to invite you, if you are an observer, a spectator, or an inquirer of the faith, you've been around it, and now you're at the point where you can say, you know what, I need to switch to being a follower. Like, not just an observer, I'm a follower. So I'd like to become a follower of Jesus. That's That's... The, the one. And then the second, I, I want to pray about this idea of holding on. But I especially felt the need to pray that the devil will have no hold on you and God 
will have his hand on you. Like going from one extreme to the, to the blessed alternative, right? So those two prayers. So would you mind closing your eyes for a moment and uh, let, let's, let me uh, give you an opportunity to take uh, to, to a, a call to action on the first one, that you've lurked around this thing called the faith and, and been in conversations, attended many church services, listened to stuff, but you, you, you've never identified a moment where, you, where you've responded and said, okay, I, I believe enough to start my journey. I don't believe, know everything. I can't yet say I believe it all, but I believe enough to start a journey. Jesus is real and I need him in my life. So that's the starting point. And if that's where you are, I'd love to pray for you. And, and I'm not intending to embarrass you, but I'd like an action for you. I'd like you to translate your thought into an action or a decision. So if that's where you're at, would you would you do me the courtesy of letting me pray for you? And the way you would do that is literally simply raise your hand long enough for me to sit and say, uh, George, when you pray that prayer, uh, I'm taking an action tonight. And if you raise your hand long enough for me to see it, and then you can just slip it uh, down again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I need to get into the shade a bit so I can... I can see some hands. Thank you. You're welcome to come to us afterwards, by the way, and ask for a prayer or a conversation or a free Bible if you don't have one. In the coming months, we're going to tighten that up a bit and and, um, get information to you. Gosh, there are more and more of you in the evening service too, by the way. I I see a day. I see a day (laughs) soon where God will open this service in a mighty way and, and great things will happen. So I'm going to invite you uh, to pray that prayer. In fact, let's handle that now, and then I'll do a prayer on the second one. I'd like you just under your breath, repeating to yourself uh, the prayer I'm going to pray. If you raised your hand, or you didn't and should have, would you pray this prayer under your breath? Lord Jesus, thank you for revealing yourself to me, for helping me work out the difference between a truth and a lie. I want to live in truth and not be deceived by a lie. Tonight, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Please forgive me for ignoring you, sinning against you, and sinning against my own soul. Take charge of my life. Lead me forward in Jesus' name. Amen. And then, Lord, we pray concerning the devil having a hold and you having your hand on our lives. We pray, Lord, that we'll have the wisdom to know not to give the devil a foothold and where we've had one, to close it off. Tonight, we choose to close off every foothold. Footholds that lead to discouragement or disappointment, to deception and the trickery of the enemy that the devil will have no foothold on us. And then, Lord, we pray that the hand of the Lord would be upon us. You've got a hold on us. As Philippians says, that the Lord has taken hold of me and I am taking a hold of the Lord's things. And Lord, we pray that the rest of our lives will be an accumulation of righteous things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God one more shout of praise? Is that okay? Your celebration.